Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Thursday. Hope you're all doing well, as usual. Had a tavern chat last night on the Discord server. That was kind of fun. And I'm kind of in a funk. And what I mean is a creative funk. I don't mean that I'm, you know, I'm depressed. It's just, I've got to play test my convention game tomorrow. And I I came up with some revel, a revelation that might just help me and maybe help you too. Location, location, location. See, when I plan out something like this, I think this is a big deal as far as as far as planning out the convention game, especially this one, because I'm dealing with some variables I don't really deal with. Remember that whole series I did about creating an organization? Well, I haven't done that. And falling back on my lazy DM training, I realize I don't have to do the whole thing right now. I just need to, need to break off a chunk, a chunk of it. So if somebody wants to know more about this, I can just start creating from, from my head. At least I know, you know, I know what they're doing and how much they have and all that stuff. And it's all about scaling down. And I just realized that in encounters, it's it's the, how shall I say this? It's the staging that matters. I'm going to take a page out of a cartoon maker, Dave Fleischer of the Fleischer Brothers, who quote-unquote directed most or all of the Fleischer tunes, including like Betty Boop and Popeye and stuff like that back in the 30s. And he had a knack for not doing a formula. What I mean is there are certain series, I mean, Betty Boop was great for that because she really didn't have a formula. She was just Betty Boop and, you know, you know, Damsel in Distress, stuff like that. So he could do whatever he wanted with it. But it came with something like Popeye. Popeye developed a formula with how it's going to go. And sometimes he turned that formula on his head, on its head. And he also, I could also see him thinking, how can I take this, for, how can you take a formula and do not only variations on it, but do the same formula in a different place, in a different way? Another good example of this is Arthur Conan Doyle. The Sherlock Holmes stories are pretty standard. They're pretty formulaic, if you may. If you may, But he did things like very, you know, there's always Holmes and Watson. He would vary the cast members other than that. And he, they had their circle like Mrs. Hudson, Lestrade, and all that. But the clients who came into him, he had, to me, he had a perfect formula that he can do a lot of stuff with. And every once in a while, he would, he would do some variation on that, like the empty house when Sherlock Holmes reappeared. And they actually had to stake out his own house to stop the, to stop the criminal, to stop the bad guy. Or the dying detective, when Mrs. Hudson knocks on Dr. Watson's door, he has his own private practice by this time, and he's he's not living in Baker Street, but she begs him to come to Baker Street because Mr. Holmes is dying. And that was a whole 
variation on on the client coming, him doing this and that. Once the client gets there, he tells a story. That's when his wheels start turning, and then it sort of leaves leads him into it leads him into whatever the adventure is. And, and now that I think about it, he's got a perfect setup for a situation that he can repeat. But all it is is a setup. All it is is a client. Usually, a client, somebody coming to Baker Street to ask ask him a question, and then it goes, it spins off from there. That's what you should do. That's what I should do. It's all in the staging, as I say. Location, location, location. So I got to see a mutant future, post-apocalyptic. Okay, I'm going to deal with the Louisiana area. I want to find two or three areas within that area that I can stage stuff. Okay. Now, before I do anything about figure out the NPCs or the monsters or anything like that, I want to find, I'm going to be a location scout, basically, you know, just like in the movies. I'm going to scout locations. I go and look at the map I'm using. I use a, I think it was a Gamble, a Gamble World map or something like that, supplemented with things I've taken off the internet from that area. I've renamed some things, not very, you know, it's, post-apocalyptic sometimes they get renamed like like Tidabo I think it was Tebow I, I, I renamed it that uh, and you know New Orleans became Nolens which probably would and so I would find out where the main part of this first of all I'm going to find location for the main part of the story okay the main part of the story is X right there in that part of the swamp Okay, that's where most of the action is going to happen. But I want to find out at least two or three different areas where the player characters will interact with people and maybe get into trouble. Well, the first natural one I'm thinking of is the trading post where they are told to go. Cracker Jim's trading post. That's going to be a location right there. Before they get there, though, they're going to go to a like a rest area cabin. And that's a third location. And I may have, I may throw one more. I like to get more stuff than I need. I would find like three or four locations. And if they only use three, if I only have them use three or they use three, they go there, here. They're just extras in case like the game's short or they want to spl- explore around. So I would pick and I would look at the hexes and I go, okay, what's here? What can we, and what is the natural? Okay, here's the thing. Terrain. Now, I'm not big on terrain usually, but it can come in handy, especially when you're dealing with encounters. Because you've got to, there are some places like, oh, it's too, it's always too foggy over there. You're taking a minus to hit, or you're on, you're on great, a, a graded hill, and the bad guy may have an advantage. You have partial cover with these big boulders here, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm dealing with mainly a, since it's going to be the Louisiana area, I'm going to be mainly dealing with a humid area, and it's going to be a lot of moisture in the air. And if I want to do that, this see, this is the kind of thing normally I would, I would think, eh, that's too nitpicky, I don't want to deal with it. But I want to do it for atmosphere. And if it bleeds over into the game saying, oh, you 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 got to take a minus on that because of some phenomenon in the swamp that's stopping you from doing whatever. You know, natural phenomena, I mean. 
No. There are too many trees. You can't hit him. He's too well covered. If you try and hit him, you're going to take a minus two to hit if you're, fly, if you're shooting at him. So you know, that, that's what I'm trying to say. Look at the terrain. Then go back and find out who's there, who's not supposed to be there. And after you get all that information that way, then you go back and go over to the, the, the bad guy's base, the area where it's going to get the most play. And go, okay, where are the bad guys? What are they doing here? What's the location? And figure out how many troops they have at this point. In my scenario, they have like bots and these things called pumpkin heads that wander around and kill stuff for them. But we're going to have to figure out how much, how many of each they have. And as I said, this is a large organization, which I really haven't written up, but I can do this little part of the organization and I can kind of figure in my mind how it relates to the larger picture. So without giving anything away, I would say, okay, he's going to have this at his disposal, that at his disposal. What is he working out of right now? Are there any traps or anything like that? Okay, fine, good. Then you go back and do the NPCs, you do the monsters, any kind of treasure that's involved with it, things like that. And so that's the way I'm getting going on this. And to me, right now, like I said, I have my framework of things that I kind of want to throw at them. You know, I don't, I don't say this is what's going to happen. This is what, what I want to throw at them. And now I've got locations, and I've also got things that are in the location that would, would happen or not happen or whatever. So that's the way I kind of think about that, and I hope that helps you. So go ahead and take that, and I'm going to go start my day. So if you want to talk to any, anything about this, anything or anything else, just email me at oldmangrognard@gmail.com, or you can... You, you can give me a voicemail over at Anchor. We are monetized now. <laughs> we are monetized now. So as little as 99 cents a month, you can support this program. And I would thank you. And I want to support, thank my supporters, Jonathan Dorje, Wendell Jessen, Oliver Shriek, and my new supporter, Mark C. Wallring. <sighs> thank you, guys. You make it all worthwhile. Until I talk to you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.